0: Just twelve days away until Pig Roast Barn Party, Montai Barn on Townsend Road. Uh, anyway, uh, I agree with Brant. Thank you for uh, challenging. Uh, would you go ahead? It's going to be a great night. We're going to have a beast feast. We're going to have some really good music, uh, and then I'm going to share my testimony. So I've been praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I had all these fancy ideas, and why don't you just share your story, Jeff? So anyway, you're going to hear my story about how Jesus got a hold of me. So that's happening. Uh, Encourage you, be praying. Invite some folks, and maybe just out of faith, like Brant said, why don't you buy your tickets today, uh, and we'll pray with you that the Lord gets your guests here together. Uh, all week long, I've been praying for your toes, uh, because I, uh, I understand Pastor Jason stepped on lots of toes last Sunday, so I've been praying for healing for your toes that got stepped on, uh, and I appreciate him coming and sharing about how to simplify with uh, family and scheduling. Today, we're in week number six in our summer series, Simplify. Why are we doing this? because words like overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted are really common, even in church. I hear us talk, and and people are stressed and overwhelmed. Today, we're going to examine a biblical idea that I just need to share right off the bat. I've been really slow at understanding and embracing personally. Uh, That's probably why I put this one off till the end, is because I've been saying, Lord, do I really have to talk about this one? Or maybe, Lord, you're going to make yourself clearer so I have more time to think and read and pray about today's sermon. Now, let me let me just explain something. Maybe you get it, but maybe you don't think about it. But as preacher and teacher most Sundays, the reality is oftentimes I'm teaching and preaching about things uh, that I have yet to fully master And understand and live out myself. I hope you get that. Uh, I'm in process. And uh, I recognize that I'm a shepherd. But the shepherd is also a sheep. Does that make sense to you? So this sheep uh, is still learning and growing. And uh, there was only one perfect, and they put him on a Roman cross. So I need to remind you and remind me. So regularly, I'm teaching and preaching about things that I haven't fully mastered, Uh, things like prayer and repentance and staying filled with the Holy Spirit and saying no to sin. Uh, Just know I'm moving in the right direction typically, but I've not arrived, still growing, and I'm still learning myself on topics that I'm sharing. But that's especially true today, okay? So I believe the Lord is asking me to teach and preach on a subject uh, where I, I think, if I'm honest, I'm like a C-plus student at best, okay? Any C-plus students here? Yeah? Well, then you can identify. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, today um, I'm convinced the Lord's asking me, to open up God's word and challenge myself and challenge you on the subject of Sabbath. Sabbath. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my background. I grew up in a a church much like Walloon Lake, community church, a Bible church, went to church every Sunday morning, Uh, back in church Sunday night, Wednesday night. I was there. We didn't have kids programs. There was no Awana Wednesday night, uh, the children stayed with the adults through prayer meeting, and I learned that was the time that oftentimes the sun stood still during that time. And and I and I thought I was going to die. As anyway, uh, that is truth. Uh, so I learned this church. I I was a veteran there growing up. Sabbath equals church. That's what I caught. Uh, The message I caught about Sabbath was, you go to church Sunday morning, you go home, you eat a big meal, watch the bears or the bulls or the cubs live near Chicago. Uh, Then you go back to church for uh, evening church, and then you stick around for youth group because that's Sabbath. That's my understanding. Uh, Then I went to Grand Rapids School of the Bible and Music, where I met my beautiful bride, Uh, and there I learned something new about Sabbath. Uh, We had this large field out by the parking lot. If you've ever been to Grand Rapids School of Bible and Music, when it was in its heyday, that's where the soccer field was. That's where the softball field was. You could throw frisbees. We played football. Um, Anyway, about a month into my freshman year, There was an announcement in chapel. There will be no more playing sports or running around the soccer field on Sundays. And we're thinking, like, why? And then it was explained, we were violating the Sabbath of the folks who lived around the soccer field and the softball field. Uh, I don't know if you know, this is East Grand Rapids. large numbers of Dutch Reformed, Christian Reformed folks who took their Sabbath very seriously. Uh, we were offending the neighbors by throwing frisbees, kicking a soccer ball, playing flag football. So I then got a new understanding of Sabbath. Sabbath equals no fun, okay? (laughs) So Sabbath was church, now Sabbath is no fun. Three years later, uh, Denise and I, youth pastor, assistant youth pastor, Bible church, we were so excited. First Sunday night. I'm on the job, I'm hired as their brand new youth pastor. We decide, you know, it'd be fun to go and do something with the the kids. Just got voted in, let's do it. We uh, loaded into cars, went to putt-putt mini-golf, and then we went to Pizza Hut for pizza afterwards, I don't know, 30, 40 kids. We had a blast. (laughs) Well, on Monday, the senior pastor received so many phone calls from parents that he calls me in i'm thinking this is not good calling me in on monday uh, emergency meeting most of the parents grew up reformed or christian reformed and i learned a new lesson about sabbath handle sabbath with tender loving care be very very careful with sabbath so i quickly learned this new concept because I'm talking to the senior pastor, well, what do we do? And he introduced me to this new concept called Afterglow. Anybody familiar with Afterglows? Uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's where you go to teens' houses after church, and then you don't buy anything, and you're not going to a place of business, and you could play low-key games, you couldn't go run around too much, but you could have some fun, and you could eat and mostly not tick anybody off. So I became an afterglow guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's my summary. Uh, Sabbath equals church. Morphed into Sabbath equals no fun. Morphed into Sabbath can get you fired. (laughs) It's true. So that's my background. Locate with me on your phones or in your Bibles. Exodus chapter 20. And uh, we are in God's top 10 list there. Uh, Would you stand with me if you're able as we read out loud? We're going to look at the fourth of the Ten Commandments. Specifically, we're going to read out loud verses 8 to 11 from Exodus chapter 20. Would you read with me? Here we go. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let's pray. Lord, I've told you all week long, this uh, is a hard one for me. So uh, would you you help? And uh, you're awesome and mighty. And we're asking that you, awesome, mighty creator, might come and meet us today in your church. And I'm asking that because I think there's a large number of my friends here in your church family who are pretty overscheduled and overwhelmed and exhausted and stressed with their lives. So we look to you once again, Lord, for guidance. We look into your inspired book for direction and wisdom on how to live our daily lives. Would you meet us today in your church? We're all in process. There's not a one of us who've arrived. We know that full well. So show us clearly the road that you have in mind for each of us personally, individually. And Lord, I'd even say show us clearly corporately as your church, as the family of Christ. Show us what you have in mind to us as your church here. Meet us today. Lord, show us how Sabbath applies to me. Show us, Lord, clearly how Sabbath might apply to each and every life of of your kids here today in 2018. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one strong voice, you can be seated. Okay, before I charge in, I I, I guess I should give some credit where it's due um, these are some of the books, and there's more, but these are the key ones that I've been learning a lot. Probably the key one um, is uh, Dan Allender's book entitled Sabbath. And uh, he he framed Sabbath in a way I'd never seen Sabbath before. So, uh, again, I, I, we're going to quote him in a little while so you'll understand. Uh, another book that was very helpful, two chapters, uh, Pastor Jeff Mannion little struggling church in Ada, Michigan, about 10,000 or so. Anyway, Jeff's actually a friend of mine. We went to school together, but he has a book, a couple chapters, Dream Big, Think Small, very, very helpful and insightful on Sabbath. Uh, The book probably that this series has been uh, built on more than any other is Dr. Richard Swenson and his book called Margin, and uh, that's what he's devoted his life to. And finally, another very helpful book on Sabbath, Mark Buchanan has written a book called The Rest of God. So that's uh, where some of this material and uh, the Lord helped to fill in some gaps, but uh, they should get some credit for what's going to be said today. Um, Before we dig into Exodus 20, I want to poll the audience. Okay, I want to poll the audience uh, how many of you, and I, I want you to be honest, regularly cease work for 24 hours on a weekly basis. I'm not saying you do this perfectly, but that's something that you consistently, regularly do. It's become a holy habit in your life, and, and you do this regularly. Can I see your hands? Okay, well done. I don't know if you looked around. but you are in a minority. (laughs) The the reality is there's some hands. Well done. So uh, for you, you could probably be up here teaching this better than I in some ways, but uh, I just want you to know this is a concept that most of us, there's a few of you, are not very good at. So we're in new territory this morning. I go back to God's top ten list. I want to read it one more time. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Verse 10, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, your son, your daughter, your male or female servant, your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Made it holy. You might want to grab your bulletin. Why? Because there's this little section uh, that we have uh, given you a place to write down, jot down some things that you're learning. Uh, And since most of you, this isn't something you get, you're not practicing uh, most of us, we probably should take a note or two or seven. Uh, so uh, here, here we go. Uh, here's what we need to grab hold of this morning. First concept is this. Uh, Sabbath rest is not an option. Instead, it's a commandment. What, what we just read together, and I just reread, it's, it's in God's top ten list uh, it was so important that God wrote it down in stone with his own finger. You understand? That, that's how important this is. And it's not a suggestion, and if you can work it into your schedule, it's not an option. It's an order from God Almighty to us. Now, I think back in my head, and uh, I think I thought, or at least I hoped, that I could prove that when Jesus came, he canceled the Sabbath, okay? So think with me now, you know, uh, back in the Old Testament, uh, they couldn't do things like we can today. And besides, when Jesus came, he did some things on the Sabbath that got him into trouble, like healing, like eating some grain. He he did some things on the Sabbath, and and I'm thinking in my head, well, maybe that's because he canceled it, okay? Uh, this is a Jewish thing. It's an Old Testament thing. They couldn't eat pork or shrimp or lobster. <laughs> Poor them. Uh, barbecue ribs. can ah, We'll be quiet. Uh, they had to go to temple and sacrifice animals to cover their sin. But Jesus fulfilled all of those. Remember, <laughs> uh, the Lord said to Peter, eat. He showed him all the things there in the sheet. Eat, eat up, help yourself. No, Lord, never. No, he says, it's it's changed now. Jesus has fulfilled that. Now, here's the problem with my thinking about the Sabbath. Look at verse 11 of Exodus 20. This is huge. Uh, it, it says, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea that is all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Uh, I know you've read that twice. Why would you read it the third time? Because I want you to see verse 11 Sabbath is grounded in creation. Sabbath is formed back in Genesis. It didn't start with the law. It started way before that. So take your phone or your Bible. Go back to Genesis chapter 2 with me. Would you please? I want to show you that uh, it's grounded in creation. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing so. On the seventh day, God rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because on it, God rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Need to tell you something. In Genesis 2, the whole idea of marriage, man, woman, united as husband and wife, is founded. Tracking with me? So, we properly proclaim that God's plan for marriage began here, Genesis 2, in creation. Therefore, it's prescriptive for all time. That's important. In other words, throughout history, this is God's plan. But if that's true, then there's one more thing that's prescriptive, and it's for all time, and that would be Sabbath. In the... The term Sabbath literally means to cease working, to quit working. So uh, if, if that's the plan for marriage, then the pattern uh, is also true throughout all of time, prescriptive. It's intended by God back in creation throughout all of history. Followers of God Almighty are once a week for 24 hours to Sabbath. To cease working, so here's my question: Was God tired? Is that why he needed the day off? Think with me: Was he winded and worn out? You know, Whew. tossing those billions of stars into place and in the billions of galaxies, I, I, I'm just I'm just worn out. I, I need a day off. Was, was that true? Uh, did God Almighty need a day off because keeping planet Earth spinning and outfitting our globe with fish and birds and animals? I just need some time to chill. Was that God's problem? Was He tired? Answer my question. No, He, he didn't even sweat. He, 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 he didn't. It didn't wear Him out at all. I, th- I think we need to understand this. God rested. This is huge to model for us his plan throughout history. God rested because he went first and he was our example. He knew we needed an example. And if God set the example, we're to follow his example throughout history. God made us and he knows us perfectly, Psalm 139 he knows humans and he knows that we have a tendency toward extremes, don't we? Most of us struggle with balance. That's usually where God's word is, but we have a tendency to run to one extreme or the other. Now one extreme is met with in 2 Thessalonians 3:10. In 2 Thessalonians 3:10, Paul reminds the church, look at this. Here's one extreme For even when we were with you, church of Thessalonica, we gave you this rule. The one who's unwilling to work shall not what? Yeah, so here's, if you're able to work, not talking about those who are unable to work, but if you're able to work and you refuse to work, here's, here's what Paul says. You don't work, you don't eat. So that's one extreme. Some who... Tend toward I, I just assume just veg and, and lay around and do nothing okay here's here 's what second thessalonians says to that don 't work don 't eat, but on the other extreme, and this is what we 're talking about here today, uh, many of us are wired to go one hundred miles per hour seven days a week. Many of us're driven to work and we brag about our extreme schedules. Not only do we do one hundred miles an hour. We tell everybody, you you can't believe, I I worked 80 hours last week. I'm I'm doing this extreme never-rest thing, aren't I amazing? So so we're on the other extreme. The Lord who created us knew that we needed Sabbath. Not as an option. What is it? It's a commandment. (laughs) It's an order. So once a week, I'm ordering my children for your good, Cease working for 24 hours once a week. It's not a suggestion. It's not an option. It's not when it works out, I'm ordering you to Sabbath. Cease working. And the more I've studied about this, I suspect that the reason so many of us are worn out, exhausted, overwhelmed, overscheduled, stressed, is because we've not taken the Fourth Commandment seriously. That's, that's really, the more I study, it's like, well, the Lord did have a way to fight that overwhelming, overscheduled, exhausted, stressed, and it's called Sabbath. And, and, and he started that plan in the beginning, in creation, and perhaps the reason that we're so overwhelmed is because we've ignored the fourth commandment to our detriment. Now, How many of you get days off? Can I see your hands? Days off. Even if, you know, no matter your, yeah, of course. But here's the problem. Jeff Manion says this well in his book. On our days off, here's the problem. We tend to just swap to-do lists, okay? So uh, when I'm on the job, I've got this set of jobs that I have to do to earn a living. But then on the other days off, I just detach from my, job that I get paid for, and now I do another type of labor. I, I mow the lawn, I, I grocery shop, I pay the bills, I fix the car, I, I, I watch over the stuff around the house. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, okay, I'm not working, but I'm really working. I'm going to go get a haircut. I'm going to select a carpet and paint color for renovation. So we go from our job to doing other types of jobs and the list goes on and on and on. And I suspect some of you who raised your hands, oh yeah, I take a day off, but you're still doing the other jobs. You're still working, but you're just not working at work. You're working on your to-do list. You understand? Here's what I've discovered about Sabbath and, and why I didn't have a good view of Sabbath. Many who take the Sabbath seriously ruin it with rules and regulations that destroy its delight. I'm convinced a lot of those people that I've encountered that get so worked up and they're so judgmental about everybody else in Sabbath, they've ruined the whole idea of Sabbath for many others. So therefore, I use the no fun, no joy legalists. I use them as my excuse to ignore the fourth commandment. Give me your eyes. I I used them as my reason. Well, I, I think they're ruining it. Therefore, I don't think I need to practice the Sabbath. I use them as my excuse to disobey the Sabbath in my own life. So I want to suggest I think there's another way I think there's another way to view the Sabbath and that's the Sabbath is enjoying the gift of the Lord's day. Okay, you might want to write that down. This, this is a gift that God has given us to protect us. Okay? This is a gift. Instead of viewing Sabbath as law to be obeyed, view Sabbath as a day of delight and joy. It's meant to be a good gift from God Almighty. It's meant to be the best day of the week. It's meant to be a day that on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, uh, I can look forward to, I can say, you know what, this is a hard day, but I got the best day of the week coming. Isn't that different? It's not this legalistic, I have to sit in my room and meditate and pray or take a four-hour-long nap boring. Uh, You understand? That's how I always viewed it. No, no, this is the best day of the week and I get to look forward to it. Now I want to give you a quote from Dan Allender's book on Sabbath, okay? And and let this kind of uh, go into your soul a little bit. This is how he describes it. Go ahead, put it up there, right? Uh, Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, dance. Can I really say the next one? Yes, I can. Have sex. He actually did, I put this, I added this with my spouse, with our spouse. Okay. Uh, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, watch, and enjoy creation. You can add the fun things that aren't work for you. But just look at that. and let that soak in a bit I'm just telling you when you look at Sabbath that way how many of you say well that sounds like a pretty good day and I think all the men will have their hands up go ahead you can (laughs) how many of you yeah yeah can I get an amen yeah I didn't realize that could be Sabbath a full day once a week look forward plan on know the best day of the week is coming best day of the week it's coming now there's lots more questions that need to be asked and answered, okay? Uh, where does Jesus fit into all of this? Did you know he actually has quite a bit to say about Sabbath? Uh, why did the church switch from Saturday to Sunday? Uh, we're going to take some time. Uh, that needs to be answered. Do I have to observe Sabbath on Sunday? Can I just tell you, lots of folks, Sunday, it's, it's, it's one of the hardest days uh, it's true for me. This isn't my Sabbath. Policemen, many of them, this isn't can't be Sabbath. Many nurses who work in the hospital. Uh, so, can there be? Can we practice Sabbath on other days other than Sunday? Um, and what does a successful Sabbath? What are some of the elements? Um, I realize many of us are new, so we're going to continue this subject next Sunday. So next Sunday is kind of Sabbath part two. It's an awfully large elephant of a subject to chew and swallow all in one week. So uh, we're coming back next Sunday and, uh, and kind of hit at it again. As we close, I would agree with Mark Buchanan. Here's what he says in his book. Sabbath never just happens. If you're waiting for Sabbath just to show up one day and say, Oh, isn't this wonderful? It's not going to happen. Sabbath is an action of great purpose. And I would add great planning. It's not going to happen unless you're planning on it. And I really like this line. He says, Sabbath requires feisty intentionality. Isn't that a good way of viewing it? Yeah, it's going to, if it's going to happen in your life, you're going to have to be feisty intentional about it. Sabbath just doesn't happen unless we plan and make it happen in our lives with great purpose and intentionality. So here's my question. What adjustments would you have to make to your schedule to cease working one day? And I don't mean just I'm not going to work. I'm talking about you put your to-do list away and you rest and have fun. What, what, would, what would you have to adjust? What changes to your regular weekly schedule would you have to make to be feisty, intentional about Sabbath? I think that's something you're going to have to think about. It might be something you need to talk about the family. Well, what would we have to do to make this a regular, ceasing work and just having, an, this is the best day of the week. What would have to change? for that to be a reality in your life. Um, If you're not a believer in Christ, this still works. Did you know that? If you don't know Jesus personally, this might be the good test. Why don't you give this a shot and see if God's word makes sense and works? This is one of those, it works for those who love Jesus and it works for those who don't. It really does. So it will show you that God's word actually works, whether you know Jesus and live for him and have said yes to the cross and the empty tomb or not. I close once again, because I won't lie to you, uh, as I was early on studying and uh, I was able to get away and have some time to get ready for this series, this is the line from the book that grabbed my attention and said, hmm, that sounds like that could be a pretty good thing. Put it back up there, Ray. Sabbath is that holy time. You know? Feast, play, dance, have sex. And it's. can I just say it's not just the sex part. Uh, it's The feasting sounds pretty good. The laughing, the, the just enjoying and saying this is the best day of the week that all week long I'm looking forward to. And oh, by the way, It kind of reminds us what God had in mind back there in the Garden of Eden. Got it? And then it gives us a little foretaste of what the new heaven and the new earth are going to be all about. I think that's part of this, is is we're reminded, oh yeah, the best is yet to come. and, And I'm looking forward to this day and I just get a little taste of the new heaven and new earth once a week. How many of you would say, I think that sounds pretty good. <laughs> I, I think that only sounds pretty good. I, I, think, I think I might give it a try. How many of you just lift up your hand and say, yeah, I, th- I think I might give that a try? Give it, give it a try. Okay, yeah. As we close, I want to pray for you. Pray for us as we think about this, uh, for me, new way of looking at the Sabbath. Lord, thank you for the gift that you've given us. And I believe, Lord, you've given us this gift not to make us miserable but instead to give us life. To recharge our batteries, to refill our tanks and to keep us from slowly working ourselves to death. Lord, I want to pray that uh, these words might continue to echo in our Minds and hearts all week long. And Lord, we just want you to know, uh, as we raised our hands, and I raise my hand right now as well, in the busy, hectic, overscheduled, fast-paced, stress-filled world we live in, you've given us a wonderful gift to combat that. Would you make us hungry to open this gift that you've given us? And I'm praying, Lord, that you'd make us so hungry to obey this command that we'll even overcome some of the reasons why it's going to be hard. Give us creativity. Show us how that can be a reality in our lives and our families. Lord, if there's anyone here today who doesn't know your son, Jesus, personally, might today they sense how much you love them. You thought about each person and each person who doesn't know you, you care about them. You want them to enjoy rest. And Lord, we recognize the greatest rest in the universe, as your son Jesus, knowing him, having his presence and his power, experience the forgiveness that comes through the shed blood on the cross, experiencing the power that comes through the resurrection from the dead. Lord, speak powerfully and clearly to those who don't know you, knock real loud on their heart's door thank you for your book it's alive it's wise it shows us what we oftentimes don't know in our own thinking pray for my friends help them to uh, dip their toes and wade into the water of sabbath in this week ahead it's in jesus mighty name we pray